Welcome to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton. Uh, recently, I bought um, uh, a book that uh, had caught my attention called uh, The Lies We Are Told and the Truth We Must Hold Worldviews and Their Consequences. And I thought that sounded interesting. Uh, the author is uh, Sharon James, who was uh, educated at Cambridge University and uh, also has a doctorate from the University of Wales. And um, one of the things that um, uh, she writes about is that uh, in one of her chapters she talks about how the, the view that there is no God and no absolute uh, morality and one of the things that stood out to me was she um, pointed out that um, from uh, uh, the book of John, eight, uh, chapter 8, verse 44, the devil is the father of lies. And she goes on to uh, assert that he's never stopped telling lies and the biggest lie is to deny the existence of the creator. Uh, she says, the glory of creation from the vast scale of the universe to the complexity of every cell proclaims that there is a creator God. And then she goes on to say, we're more likely to fall for the lie if we accept the false assumption that real truth only has to do with physical and material things that can be scientifically proven. For example, you can't examine God in a laboratory and... Um, this naturalistic worldview suggests that people used to believe in God in a pre-scientific age, but now that science can explain everything, we can dispense with that old superstition. And uh, I, you know, as I thought about that, I thought, you know, there's something very of. Oh, there's so much evidence in my view for the existence of a creator that. Evolution, this naturalistic approach that people talk about how just the material things formed themselves and formed the amazing living systems that we see around us in the world today. Um, uh, to me, um, there, there's so much evidence now that that is impossible. And of course, um, you know, um, Dr. Sharon James goes on to you know, point out some of the consequences of this, um, you know, worldview and the and the loss of uh, morality. Um, and one of the consequences she claims is um, uh, fatherlessness and the increase in in fatherlessness. And it's interesting. Just recently, I read a statistic where uh, in the United States, twenty five percent of the children are growing up without the fathers in the home. And uh, it seems that we're seeing the consequences of that in terms of the uh, the huge rise in youth crime and um, you know and and so forth societal changes that are certainly worrying people. There seem to be major issues, for example, here in Australia with uh, youth crime in many cities um, and towns. Um, viewed as being, you know, out, out of control. And so what is the, I mean, one of the evidences that um, I thought, you know, points out very clearly to the creator is pregnancy. And the development of the baby during pregnancy is an amazing, well-timed, perfectly timed 
well-orchestrated process. And so, of course, uh, pregnancy is divided roughly into three trimesters and the the first trans uh, trimester spans from conception to uh, 12 weeks or the first three months of the pregnancy. Um, And, of course, during this time, the fertilised egg changes uh, from a small grouping of cells um, to the little baby that uh, begins to have human features. And it's interesting, we have this transformation from a single diploid cell into a living and breathing infant over approximately 280 days. And it's an extremely complex process and quite distinctive. And a successful pregnancy relies on many biochemical processes occurring at precise timings. So I'll just repeat that. A successful pregnancy relies on many biochemical processes occurring at precise timings to ensure that the embryonic and little baby growth is sustained. And this involves a supply of nutrients and energy stores and also protecting the little baby throughout the pregnancy. My background is in the area of chemistry and you know chemical reactions, and um, the you know understanding the processes required to to make new compounds and so forth, and the complexity of the biochemistry during pregnancy and the changes that are all perfectly timed, uh, and the specific compounds that are formed, are extremely complex, and. We need to remember that people who deny a creator have to believe that random, blind chemical mutations to the DNA code produced all the the chemical reactions encoded for all the chemical reactions, the enzymes and so forth, that uh, underpin these changes. And they're extremely complex. And we just know that... We don't observe these reactions occurring just by themselves spontaneously out in nature. Um, And also the concentrations have to be just right and the timing just has to be right. And to me it clearly shows it's impossible. And this biochemistry of a baby relies on significant changes occurring in maternal physiology to fulfil these tasks. And so um, before pregnancy, many of the enzymes are absent um, in the uh, maternal uh, tissues. And then as the baby grows, they're not there either. They have to be put there or synthesised at precise times in both the baby itself and also in the placental tissue. Um, and this requires and necessitates many complex interactions to produce the many hormones, you know, such as estriol. This is one of the three female hormones that's normally present at non-detectable, really very low levels. But as soon as pregnancy starts, it changes um, and begins to be synthesised by the body. Another important hormone is progesterone, of course, and the, uh, the mother's uh, plasma levels increase as the pregnancy progresses. And this uh, hormone has many important roles, including sustaining the little baby's growth, 
and making sure that the little baby is accepted by the mother's immune system, um, stimulating uh, the mechanism to generate heat for little babies so it can be kept warm, and also uh, later stimulating respiration in the baby. And so the baby will undergo many changes throughout the pregnancy um, as its requirements change, as it's developing and forming into a more complex being. And at the same time, the mother's metabolism has to change and be in sync with these changes that are occurring in the baby, which is a separate being at this time. And so if we look at uh, just the, the first month, um, the first two weeks of pregnancy, and pregnancy really starts um, from the beginning of the, the menstrual cycle in the, in the mother, um, and the body releases hormones, the uterus prepares for a potential pregnancy, and at the end of the second week, the ovary releases the egg, if uh, sperm is available at that time and meets the egg just after ovulation, the process of pregnancy continues. Um, and then fertilisation occurs during this third week. Um, the sperm and the egg join and uh, create the, the first little cells that um, the baby form is forming the baby. And this tiny, in week four, this tiny bundle of cells uh, implants into the side of the, uh, the uterus, the womb, and that uh, is the beginning of what will become the placenta, uh, which, which um, this is a watertight sac that forms around uh, those developing uh, cells that uh, the baby at this stage, and it provides uh, the critis- uh, the cushioning to the baby during pregnancy. So we can see these involve specialist cells. All these specialist cells are encoded for. Their design, their structure is encoded for in the DNA code. And again, evolution says that this whole process came about as random, blind mutations. The coordination of this is just absolutely astounding. But the complexity of the biochemistry, you know, fills textbooks. And it's, a lot of it is still being discovered. At the end of the fourth week, um, this the little baby is about two millimetres long, size of a poppy seed. Um, and, of course, it doesn't have the full human, it hasn't developed the human parts yet. It's just a, a cluster of cells at this time. But during this time, the mother's body has to adapt to changes in energy and nutrient requirements. And through the interactions of uh, hormones um, and uh, glycogen and uh, fat tissues, uh, the the glycogen, the fat tissues begin to accumulate due to the effects of the hormones and cortisol levels rise. This leads to insulin resistance and insulin production is increased by the stimulation of other uh, compounds, prolactin and uh, human uh, chorionosomamotropin, uh, abbreviated HCS, and this is a placental hormone that modifies the maternal metabolic state and ensures the energy supply to the fetus. So all this kicks in 
during week four. And as I said, you've got these specific chemical compounds then that have to be synthesised. Now, it's all right to just say, you know, that they form and uh, synthesise, but this requires, again, enzymes, special chemical processes to produce these compounds. After, um, in the second month, of course, um, most people then uh, begin to realise, or women folk begin to realise they're they're pregnant, if they're pregnant, and uh, uh, the hormones, pregnancy hormones, um, concentrations are ramped up, and by the fifth week, the uh, home pregnancy test will usually show positive. Um, In the fifth week, Uh, The neural tube, which becomes the brain, spinal cord and other neural tissue of the service system forms. And the tiny little heart tube will begin beating at 110 times a minute by the end of the fifth week. So it's starting to form this brain, it's starting to form the heart. Week six, tiny little buds that become the arms and legs also develop. Blood cells are now beginning to form and circulation will begin and structures begin to form that become the ears, eyes and mouth. And so again, what we're seeing here is, again, according to programming, the structures are being assembled. So the little baby is being assembled and it's beginning to beat, has a little heart beginning to beat, and its brain is beginning to form. And this is at week five. And uh, as I said, week six, the um, the ears and the eyes, the structures begin to form. Week seven, the bones uh, begin replacing soft cartilage and the genitals begin to form. The embryo's head is large in proportion to the rest of its body. Um, and it's interesting that in the you know some of the earlier stages trying to suggest evolution because uh, the embryo re- re- resembled a small tadpole. Uh, due to its prominent tail, but they became the legs and have, had a large head and this tail that became the, the legs. And, of course, we remember it's a lot easier to divide something than put something that is divided back together again. You know? Anybody that breaks something, um, <laughs> it's uh, quite difficult to uh, put it back together. But if you have something that's together and then divide it, it's a lot easier. And so, again, during the structure of the body, we find that these things are formed and then divide off um, in many cases. Um, but, and this is just a, a plan, it, a, a, the whole concept that this is part of an evolutionary stage that, you know, from fish and so forth has since been disproved. Um, you know, scientifically, it's nothing to do with evolution. And this is where we need to also bear in mind that these the physical shape of things has nothing to do with the code. The code is, well, not nothing to do. The code is quite different to those um, shapes. It's a code, just like, you know, as I often say, the word tadpole, T-A-D-P-O-L-E, doesn't look anything like a tadpole. Or the word leg, L-E-G, doesn't look anything like a leg. These are codes. And we need to understand that the extremely complex code is assembling this faeces and and producing the cells that then later divide and become the separate components. During the eighth uh, week, the baby is probably now about uh, half an inch to an inch long. Um, And then month three begins. Um, This is um, 
an area during month three, there's quite rapid growth and a little baby develops distinct facial features, uh, the limbs, organs, bones, muscles. And by the end of the 12th week, the little baby has an assigned sex. Um, the beginning of going back, I guess, starting at uh, week nine, uh, have the beginning of teeth and taste buds are forming, its muscles are forming, its body's taking the shape of a more human appearance, but its head is still about 50% of its um, uh, length, and um, it may be possible actually then sometimes to hear the heartbeat with a Doppler ultrasound. Week 10, the arms, hands, fingers, feet, toes are fully formed, uh, no more web fingers. And again, as I point out, people thought, oh, yeah, this came from fish. But it's just a matter that as the tissues are forming, overall they are then divided into the individual fingers. Rather, than, it's just the mechanism by which the cells assemble to make the body parts rather than sending out separate protrusions. They grow together and are then divided. And as I said, it makes a lot of sense. It's a lot easier to do that. Uh, chemically and uh, biochemically as well. And um, the fingernails and toenails are beginning to develop, the external ears form, the external genitals also begin to form, but it's possibly too early to see them on ultrasound in week 10. In week 11, uh, the fetus is starting to um, move a bit, like opening and closing its fists and mouth, um, and its knees, elbows and angles are, are working. And um, week 12, all the organs, limbs, bones and muscles are present and continue to develop. Uh, the circulatory, digestive and urinary systems are also working. Um, the liver is producing bile. And the fetus, and this is quite interesting, at week uh, 12, the fetus is drinking and peeing ammonetic fluid. So these are, you know, quite coordinated development. Um, about uh, this time, because the most critical development has taken place, the chance of a miscarriage after this drops um, considerably. Um, and um, at the end of this third month, the little baby is about three inches long, about the size of a, a plum some uh, uh, texts refer to. So we get into the second trimester now, and again, the, what impresses me most is that this chemistry that is underpinning all these changes, the assembly of all these cells that are made up of proteins and fats and carbohydrates and sugars and so forth, they all have to be assembled. They're all being assembled perfectly on time at just the right phase. And it all involves, as I said before, very, very complex chemistry. Second trimester, um, at this time, morning sickness is probably gone and uh, so part. Um, and as the uh, little baby grows, the plasma volume expansion is required um, in the mother to supply the fetus with adequate circulation. Um, and this establishes a this is necessary to supply the nutrients to the fetus, such as glucose and the fatty acids and amino acids, because now the growth is going to become more rapid. 
Also, there's circulation system uh, set up that ensures that toxic substances are removed from the fetoplacental unit, as it's now called. And this uh, little unit st- is, um, stimulates the expansion of the plasma volume. And um, the uh, fetoplacental unit actually has three important functions, a source of protein and steroid hormones, which are delivered to the maternal circulation. And then there's a selective barrier that determines the nature of communication interaction between the mother and the baby and the baby's endocrinal and physiological systems. And then it also um, uh, helps control uh, fetal growth development and um, the baby's endocrine function and then eventually uh, birth. It's interesting that in all these functions, the baby and the maternal placenta have separate circulatory systems which exchange nutrient gases, waste products in the blood pools of the maternal portion of the placenta. And uh, to accomplish this, the blood pool, uh, or blood pour in oxygen rather, um, and nutrients leaves the baby through the umbilical arteries and enters the capillaries um, of the villus. And in these capillaries, the blood is oxygenated by the blood from the mother and gains nutrients uh, from and gives up waste to the mother's blood in the pools um, there before it returns to the baby in the umbilical vein. It's, uh, it's one of the fascinating things about this is that the oxygen-depleted blood leaves the maternal blood through, blood through the maternal veins and thus... The, from the time blood flow is established at three weeks following fertilisation, that's just three weeks after um, conception, the fetal oxygenated blood is actually carried by veins rather than arteries and the oxygen poor blood by arteries rather than veins. And this reverses when the baby is born to the normal system where the oxygen-rich blood is carried by the arteries, etc. So this amazing change occurs at birth, a total reversal. And again, this sort of phenomena just... You can't have something like this evolving. You know, precise timing at birth, it reverses to be the normal as we um, experience because now we're outside the, the mother's um, system. And it... Again, to me, this is just such powerful evidence for design, for creation, perfect coordination. It's interesting, on week 13, for example, the vocal cords form, fetus's large head begins to grow proportionate to its body, the uh, fetus's skin starts to thicken, fine hair begins to grow, Um, it can start bringing its fingers to its mouth, turn its head, Um, the external genitals are fully developed, this stage, week 14, and fingerprints begin to form. In week 15, some organs like the intestines and ears are moving to their permanent location. Um, The fetus still uses amniotic fluid to practice breathing, but its lungs are beginning to develop and it makes more purposeful movements like sucking its son. Week 16, the fetus has lips and its ears are developed so it can hear you talk. Um, 
the fetus can also, oh, the little baby can also react to light by turning away from it. And it's now about five inches long. Week 17, um, the uh, baby begins to move around. Week um, 17, for example, the fetus still has thick skin, but it'll start to put on fat. And its skin it begins to be covered with a whitish coating called uh, Vernix Cicerona. Um, or vernix. Uh, it's a waxy white substance found coating the skin of newborn babies. And again, it's produced by dedicated cells that uh, are there in the skin that protects the uh, skin during fetal development and a few hours after birth. Um, it's composed of mobile corneocytes embedded in an amorphous lipid matrix and the precise biological mechanisms needing, leading to its formation are poorly understood. So this is another major property. Uh, the fetus is also covered with uh, langua, uh, which is a peach fuzz-like hair to keep it warm, has a sleep-wake cycle. Uh, week 19, the fetus is getting stronger. Week 20, um, its fingernails begin to grow and um, the five senses develop. Um, week 21, limb movements are coordinated. Uh, week 22, the fetus grasp is getting stronger. And week 23, um, born now, it may survive. Week 24, the fetus, uh, the little baby's lungs are fully developed, but not really all that well. Um, they still need to, to grow. Uh, week 25, there's more body fat develops. Week 26, the little baby begins to make... Uh, Melanin, the substance that gives the skin and eyes their colour. By week 28, the little baby's beginning to turn its head. And, of course, the third trimester, um, we find that the baby is now sort of uh, developing, growing more quickly, kicking and, and so forth. Um, it's getting to the final stages ready for birth um, around week 36. Um, 37, 38, 39 and 40 are the final uh, developments of the baby. You know, the biochemistry of the baby development's a complex process in the maternal. As the mother's body adjusts to the requirements of the fetus, of, of the little baby throughout the pregnancy and as these requirements change throughout the pregnancy, um, their nutrients have to be provided and so forth. Evolutionists have to believe that the perfectly timed changes to these complex biochemical chemistry systems, including the specific chemical reaction systems to make the specialised hormones, enzymes and other chemical compounds, arose as a result of blind chemical mutations caused by environmental chemicals or ultraviolet light or cosmic rays. To me, it's clear from the complexity of these systems and the fact that without a complete system, the pregnancy will fail, that it's evident, obvious that this complex biochemical system did not evolve. To me, pregnancy and birth are compelling evidence for the existence of the Creator God described in the Bible. And of course, that uh, God desires that we don't die eternally, that we should have and share eternal life with, with him. That's the message of the Bible, and I would encourage you to 
to read it if you already don't do so. You've been listening to Faith and Science, and if you want to re-listen to this program, just uh, Google 3abnaustralia.org.au and click on the radio button and the Faith and Science Listen program. I'm Dr John Ashton. Have a great day. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. 